are so many different ideas about good health. How do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello, all you lovely listeners. We are so thrilled to be here with you today for another episode of our top-rated radio show and podcast, Healthy View Radio. I'm Lisa Lutan. I'm here with my lovable and laughable co-hosts, Andrea Beeman and Michelle Fenninghouse. Today's topic <laughs> is pretty pertinent and all too common in today's world. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety, addiction, and depression which is actually, which all three are at epidemic rates in our country. I was actually kind of curious about the stats on all of this, so I did a little digging, and this is what I found out. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the USA, and according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, 40 million Americans over the age of 18 are affected by anxiety. That's roughly 18% of our nation's population. Now, major depressive disorder, otherwise known as depression, is the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for ages 15 to 44, and it affects more than 16 million American adults. That's 6.7% of our population. And addiction is just crazy. I mean, opioid addiction alone is gone crazy. You can't not hear about it every day. In fact, more than 115 people die every day in the U.S. to overdosing on opioids. And that's just one form of addiction. So I think this topic is super, super important to talk about openly and honestly. And you guys, Andrea and Michelle, I want to know, are your patients coming in with depression, anxiety, addiction? What are you seeing? Yeah, um, a lot of my clients are struggling with anxiety in particular. So um, there's untreated, you know, unmedicated anxiety. There's uh, anxiety medications I'm seeing a lot of and sleep aids all falling under that category for sure. Yeah, I see it a lot too. I see a lot of anxiety coming in. People are um, flustered, lost, um, and it also addictions. I mean, I see it all the time. I see it in my own family. Uh, I see it in the world, you know, like, uh, just, just this year, you know, Chris Cornell died of an opioid overdose and it was, um, black box medication. So, you know, it's prescribed, it's both street drugs and prescribed by the doctors. So there's a lot of stuff going on and, um, it doesn't make for a settling, you know, or a comfortable world, right? If you have all this stuff going on. No, it doesn't. I remember years ago, I read a book by Andrew Weil called Spontaneous Happiness. And he talks about the epidemic. This was particularly depression, but he mentions the other things as well. And the bottom line is that we are like animals and we're not living like animals in nature. And all the things that go into making us healthy creatures on the planet aren't happening. Like we're not spending time in nature. We're not moving our bodies. We're not nourishing ourselves. And I think that it's just kind of scary, the state of what we've become. I don't know what we are anymore. We're we're like somewhere between animals and robots, right? Yeah, we're hybrids. We're Cylons. Yeah, you guys watch uh, (laughs) Battlestar Galactica? (laughs) No, (laughs) maybe I should. You should. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's not just a, a problem that happens like over there to that person. It's happening everywhere. In fact, I remember 
many years ago when I was still working in advertising and I was diagnosed with anxiety uh, in the form of here, take these you know, pills mm -hmm. for anxiety. I spoke with somebody who I worked with. She was a resource manager. So she kind of had the ins on what was going on with everybody, especially the higher ups. You know, she got a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And she was like, oh, darling, don't worry about it. Everybody here is on anti-anxiety medication. You kidding me? And I was like, mm. I had no idea. But then it just made so much sense. I mean, yeah, of course they were. It was a really crazy, fast paced world of advertising, but it's not just that industry. No, antidepressants, I mean, are very huge and they're very helpful, but it's kind of alarming some of this stuff that's coming out about it, how when you go off of them, if you've been on for a very long time, there's a very terrible adjustment period. And that's, you know, putting a lot more fear. And so I, I feel bad, mm -hmm. you know, because it certainly helps people in a, in a time of need, but we really don't know the long-term effects of many of these drugs. Well, I mean, they numb us, right? So what are we getting numb from? Whether it's anti-anxiety or antidepressant or the opioids, they all have a numbing factor. So what is going on in our society that people can't bear to be here, right? They're either, you know, running ahead of themselves in the future and freaking out about everything or they're depressed about everything that happened in the past and they're not present. Um, or they're looking at what's going around and they're going, WTF, you know, and they just want to get numb, right? Because they don't want to see it, don't want to feel it, don't want to be a part of it. So, um, you know, I think that there used to be things called revolutions, right? And now we have, um, we don't have so much revolution because everybody's like numb. They're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, my life sucks. It's, it's okay. Everything's cool. Don't worry. Because they're on this uh, mood altering drug that won't let them feel all the stuff that they really need to feel which is, okay, this totally sucks, whatever it is, and I got to change something, either internally, externally, something in the world. I know that's pretty uh, deep for Thursday afternoon, but it had to be said. I know it's a serious topic, you know, and yeah. you're right, Lisa, I just finished um, reading a book called The Anatomy of an Epidemic. Have you guys heard of it? No. Uh, it's really fascinating. It looks at the question of why in the, uh, say, 50 to 70 years since we've had psychiatric psychiatric drugs, do we have greater and greater levels of folks who are disabled um, due to their psychiatric conditions? You would think it would be the opposite. You would think fewer and fewer people would be uh, disabled and not functioning by things like depression if we had medications that worked. So it's taking a look at why that is. And it's fascinating. It talks about schizophrenia and depression. It talks about ADHD and how, um, you know, the the serotonin deficiency model of depression, it really rails into why that's not the case. It's not that folks are necessarily uh, deficient in serotonin the way that someone with type 1 diabetes is deficient in insulin. Um, so we're really looking at the, um, the short-term and then the long-term effects of medication. That's so, so fascinating. I always remember that there was something going around for a while talking about how in Africa, if somebody's sad, what do they do? They sing, they put them in a circle, they dance around them, they tell mm. them their love, they bring them up. And here you go to a room and you sit and you talk and you pop a pill. And like, we're disconnecting from what is it that we need to feel okay? Right. Love, community, good vibes, dancing. <laughs> Yeah, dancing, all especially. those things. Lots of dancing, <laughs> totally. Well, and that's all uh, things that are 
around us or outside of us or the situations that we're in. But what about on a cellular level? Because I, I would suggest that at least 50% of what's happening is happening from the inside out or because of our exposures to uh, environmental factors, chemicals, the food that we're eating. We're just not processing our thoughts and emotions the way that we would if we were eating a diet of all real whole food, you weren't being exposed to all toxic chemicals every time we turn around. So there's, there's that angle to think about as well. Well, yeah, I also know people that eat well, take care of themselves, you know, do all the stuff that, you know, the healthy stuff that we talk about every week on the show. And they also suffer from anxiety and depression, you know, like, so it's not, um, like, I know that it comes from the inside, but maybe that focus, right, the sole focus on the food and the exercise, maybe they need to go a little bit deeper. What is my purpose? Do I have a community, right? So, like, uh, you know, it's never one thing that c creates the disease or the dysfunction, whether it's in the body or in the mind, it's a culmination of things, right? So you could have the healthiest person in the world, but if they are healthy and eating dinner alone every night by themselves, That's true. Uh, right, then the depression will be there. One of my favorite books of all time was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And he says, you know, if you're living in the past, you're going to be sad. If you're living in the future, you're going to be anxious. Yeah. So you got to live now. And it's so simple and it's so true. And that's where I love to bring in how meditation can help us deal with these things too, about constantly learning how to come back to now so that when we do start catastrophizing about what's going on or getting, you know, very teary about what happened right now, things might not be so bad. So it's a practice. Well, it yeah, sure is. And it's hard for a lot of people <laughs> to do that, especially if, you know, I agree with you, Andrea. It's it's not one or the other. It's not like, oh, you don't eat a good diet, therefore you have this problem. It is a 360 view of a person's life will give you a better understanding of what's going on. But just to like think of one one small thing, imagine drinking like a double espresso. <laughs> your mind starts racing, your heart starts pumping, you know, all of a sudden maybe you maybe you were able to live in the moment five minutes ago and now suddenly you're racing ahead into the future because you're all revved up on caffeine and when we have a Starbucks on every corner, you know, I, I think there's something going on here. Mm. You know, right now, speaking of the right now, uh, I like your little green polka dotted shirt that you have on today, your little cuteness. <laughs> Just an aside. <laughs> you know, I want to I share something kind of crazy. Like, um, you know, I talk a lot about sugar addiction, which I think is super real and strong. And I found for me that the connection I made that changed my life forever was when I realized how much sugar affected my thought patterns. And so it wasn't only that I worried more, but what I worried about changed when I was eating a lot of sugar. And that was huge. Like, normal worry, you know, I'd have everything. But when I was eating a lot of sugar, catastrophe, like everything, you know, was catastrophe. And that was such a huge thing for me. So when that comes back, if I ever get in that, I'm like, okay, what am I eating? What's going on here? And that awareness around that has been a life changer for me. 100%. You guys, I remember this day, I was like walking through our apartment and it was a sunny day. I can remember I was right near the radiator. You know, I could just picture that moment in my mind. And I thought, Oh, I feel happy. Mm. And I had been about six months 
off sugar. I had read, um, you know, Sugar Blues by William Dufty. And I was like, all right, that's it. We're going to try this out. Went off sugar entirely. And it was like, all of a sudden, this fog was gone. I realized that the fog was gone. And I was like, is this what happy feels like? Because I've definitely <laughs> not been feeling quite this way since maybe I was a kid. Pretty powerful. Yeah. 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 Powerful. It took you six months I couldn't say for sure, but I think it took several months to really start feeling a difference. And it, just that day, it struck me how mm-hmm. much differently I was feeling. You know, I'm just like a nothing really was going on special. I was just walking through my house on a weekend and it just like, boom, hit me in the forehead <laughs> like that. Like, this is what people are talking about when they say happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, took, it took several months. It used to take me like 10 days. You know, just to get like that euphoria. I don't feel that anymore. But when I was first starting dabbling and like taking breaks from sugar, day 10, I was like, woohoo, like I'm feeling great. You know, and I do notice that when people, if they haven't done it before, it's super quick. Like I must have been high. like very remedial then. It took longer than 10 days. <laughs> oh my God. If I ever, if I ever get off sugar, I think I might explode. <laughs> <laughs> explode with all the happiness. With all the happiness. There she goes. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I don't eat a lot of sugar. Sometimes I have a little bit of honey in my tea, but I don't crave sugar. Like I remember as a teenager and as a, a young adult, I craved sugar all the time. But I think it was because mostly I was exhausted and I was craving the sugar. Um, and I also had anxiety and depression. So I'm yeah. sure I toggled back and forth. Yeah. And I do love sugar and I'm a sugar addict and I do have it time to time, but most of the time then I go back off because I remember so quickly how shitty I feel and I feel so much better not having it. But I cursed on the radio. Ooh, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Anyway, but I do think that, you know, that word forever is really intimidating for people. And so sometimes, you know, you just say, I'm going to do it for right now, whatever that is, whatever you're trying to break free of. I think one day at a time really does make tremendous sense. But I'm curious, Andrew, you're such an expert on herbs. Are there any herbs that are super helpful for people who are dealing with anxiety or depression? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, like lemon balm is a classic nervine to help calm the nervous system, uh, as well as skull cap. I know it's got a scary little name, but these are nervines that help calm the nervous system. So if somebody is anxious, right, or on edge, like what you guys were talking about and what Eckhart Tolle talks about all the way in the future, how do you get them present? How do you get them grounded. So they may need something like some of the adaptogenic herbs that are also roots because they're very grounding. So to help them to, to kind of like settle in to their system and not be on the edge of their system. So there, there's a lot of herbs that, that people can use. So cool. Yeah. And so St. Great. John's wort for depression, you know, like they say, oh, St. John's wort doesn't work. Well, you got to take a lot of it. <laughs> You know, it's it's a flower. (laughs) And also, I wouldn't just take the St. John's wort herb. I would actually look at the flower because looking at the beautiful yellow flower, the St. It's, it's, it's stimulating to the mind. It's going to bring that brightness up. It's pretty, make you happy. Yellow is a happy color. Well, I can't wait to hear more about this topic from our guest today, Robert Lustig, because Robert Lustig, MD, MSL, is a professor of pediatrics in the Division of Endocrinology and a member of the Institute for Health Policy Studies at the University of California, San Francisco. 
Dr. Lustig has fostered a global discussion of metabolic health and nutrition, exposing some of the leading myths that underlie the current pandemic of diet-related disease. He believes the food business, by pushing processed food loaded with sugar, mm -hmm, has hacked our bodies and minds to pursue pleasure instead of happiness, fostering today's epidemics of addiction and depression. Yet by focusing on real food, we can beat the odds against sugar, processed food, obesity, and disease. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease, the Fat Chance Cookbook, and his newest book, Hacking of the American Mind, The Science Behind the Corporate Takeover of Our Bodies and Brains. We're also going to be speaking later in the show with Omar Kumbabach, who is a fellow health coach and buddy. But I would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, ButcherBox. I used to be a vegetarian for years, but after I was diagnosed with SIBO, I found that I needed to add in more animal protein into my diet. It just seemed to feel better for me. And so I added some meat back, but I was really, really careful that when I did add this meat back, that it was the highest quality meat that I could find. Otherwise, I just wouldn't feel good about eating it. And if anybody has gone from not eating meat to eating meat, you know what I mean. Well, that's why I'm really happy that we have ButcherBox as one of our sponsors. When my clients tell me they don't know where to source grass-fed meat or encourage or what they that they live in for, for dessert and don't have access to better quality animal proteins, I encourage them to go check out ButcherBox. ButcherBox sources from local farms that are naturally and humanely raising their animals, which matters a lot to all of us, right? And they have boxes set up and ready to be delivered to you so that it's really easy for you to get a variety of meats and cuts of meats. For example, to get you started, they select a well-balanced assortment of easy-to-cook items like chicken breasts and more interesting ones like Denver steaks. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds like super cool. Anyway, you can mix up your own box. It's really great. To learn more, go to butcherbox.com slash HVR Healthy View Radio, and you will get $20 off your first purchase and a free container of bacon. How awesome is that? So stay tuned. We'll be back with our guest after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio, the only radio show that can lift your depression, quell your anxiety, and keep you coming back for more. In a healthy way, of course. I'm Andrea Beeman, and today we are excited to have with us Dr. Robert Lustig, who is not only a, a well-known doctor with a clinical practice in San Francisco, he is also an advocate for public health. And his YouTube video, Sugar, The Bitter Truth, has received more than 7.5 million views. So that makes him a rock star as well as a doctor. Welcome to the show, Doc. Thank you very much, Andrea. I hardly think that 7.5 million views makes me a rock star. Lady Gaga got about (laughs) (laughs) a budding rock star. You're a budding (laughs) rock star. (laughs) Um, Before we begin, we like to let our audience get to know our uh, guests on a more personal level. And we have a lot of foodies out there, and they're always curious to know, first and foremost, what did you have for breakfast today? I had one egg over easy uh, on a piece of whole wheat toast. Oh my gosh, I had the same breakfast. (laughs) Funny about that. Yes. Did you you have grass-fed butter on there? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I did not. Olive oil? Uh, Olive oil, absolutely, yes. Okay, great. Um, Another question is, what is the number one thing that you do every day that has the greatest impact on your life? I walk up the hill. I'm in San Francisco. I'm at the top of Forest Hill. It's about a thousand feet in the air and um, I have to walk up it. So um, every, if you've ever noticed, San Franciscans are in very good shape and it's because number one, the fog keeps the UV rays out so everybody looks younger. And number two, the hills make everybody a little bit more flexible, a little bit better exercise, a little bit better insulin sensitivity. Um, when I was uh, living in Memphis and I w- weighed 50 pounds more than I do now, and I was asked to join my colleagues, you know, because I was a fellow here, um, my wife looked at the picture of me from 17 years ago and she said, you know, there's only one person in this picture who's aged and it's you. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Found no youth out here. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my final personal question for you before we get into the nitty gritty is, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, Junior's cheesecake. Oh. Right when off I'm the top York, of his head. <laughs> when I'm in New York, always stop for a piece of Junior's cheesecake. The good news is I'm only in New York once or twice a year. Well, that's all you, that'll last. That'll last you. That amount of fat and sugar will last you the whole year. You bet. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Doc, I love the title of your latest book, The Hacking of the American Mind, The Science Behind the Corporate Takeover of Our Bodies and Brains. So what brought you to the realization that the American public has been hacked? So uh, I've known about these two neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin, which form the sort of scientific basis of the book. I've known about this for 35 years. I was a postdoctoral fellow in neuroscience back at Rockefeller University back in the late 80s. Um, But 
the data has matured. We now have functional MRI data, we have PET scanning data on people, we have longitudinal data, we have genetic data, and nobody had put it together in any sort of meaningful form. And I wasn't sure that I was gonna put it into any meaningful form either until uh, in March of 2014, I was giving psychiatry grand rounds at a American medical school uh, on addiction. And the woman who ran the uh, outpatient recovery program gave me a tour of their facilities. And yeah, I was making, you know, social comment, you know, being, you know, nice. And I just asked her what getting clean meant to her. And she said something that was so jarring, um, I just stopped in my tracks. She said, when I was shooting up, I was happy. What my new life has given me is pleasure. And I thought to myself, uh, wait a second, that is exactly wrong. That is totally 180. Um, and I thought to my, I didn't say anything to her. You know, that would have been pretty um, obtuse of me. But um, I just thought about it all the way home. And so when I got home, I, got, uh, I talked to some psych colleagues and I said, you ever hear about that? People making that dis uh, inappropriate distinction? Oh, yeah, we hear that all the time. People don't know the difference. And I thought to myself, why don't they know the difference? And that was the, that was the start of the book. Hmm. Well, why don't they know the difference? Well, you tell me why they don't know the difference. The problem is that we, for the last 40 to 50 years, have been told that pleasure is happiness. Give you some examples. Coca-Cola's longest running campaign from 2005 to 2015, open happiness. Now, any happiness in that bottle? Sugar, dopamine. Caffeine, dopamine. Caramel coloring, phosphoric acid, salt, water. Sorry, no happiness. Lots of pleasure, no happiness. How about Raisin Bran? The road to your happy place is paved with raisins and flakes <laughs> on pavement. So the question is, is Raisin Bran a healthy, happy cereal? Now, have you ever taken a look at the raisins in Raisin Bran? Yeah. On the advertisement, they're brown. In the box, they're white. white. Coated and in sugar. You, and if you look at the added sugar on the side of the package, nine grams of added sugar separate from the raisins Ugh. make you eat it. Okay? And it's not just food. It goes down the list. Okay? And then add some stress to it. Have you ever seen the Cialis commercial? When the time comes, will you be ready? You know, with the two naked people in the bathtub? <laughs> well, I've got one that says, how about for three ways? Talk about stress and pleasure being melded together. I mean, really. Um, and it goes on and on and on. And the question is, is this okay? Turns out pleasure and happiness are two completely, totally distinct, independent, except the dependent, emotions. So what's the difference between pleasure and happiness? Pleasure is short-term. Happiness is long-term. Pleasure is visceral, you feel it in your body. Happiness is ethereal, you feel it above the neck. Pleasure is taking, happiness is giving. Pleasure is experienced alone. Happiness is usually experienced in social groups. Pleasure can be achieved with substances. Happiness cannot be achieved with substances. The extremes of pleasure, whether it be substances or behaviors. So substances like cocaine, heroin, nicotine, alcohol, sugar, or behaviors, uh, shopping, gambling, social media, video gaming, porn, in the extreme, all lead to an addiction. There's an aholic next to every one of those. 
But there's no such thing as being addicted to too much happiness. And then finally, number seven, the big kahuna, pleasure is dopamine and happiness is serotonin. So two different neurotransmitters, two different areas of the brain, two different sets of receptors, two different regulatory pathways. So you say to me, like, why do I care? So what? Big deal. So they screwed it up on TV. Well, it matters a lot. And here's why it matters. And it's a science reason. Neurons in the brain like to be stimulated, but they like to be tickled, not bludgeoned. Chronic overstimulation of any neuron leads to neuronal cell death. Dopamine, as it turns out, is an excitatory neurotransmitter. So if dopamine continues to fire nonstop ad nauseum, ad infinitum, the neurons receiving that information will die. So that receiving neuron has a self-defense mechanism. It has an option B. What it does is it down-regulates the number of receptors so that there's less chance that any given dopamine molecule will find a receptor. So what does this mean in human terms? It means you get a hit, you get a rush, receptors go down. Next time you need a bigger hit to get the same rush, and the receptors go down. And then a bigger hit, a bigger hit, a bigger hit, bigger hit, until finally, huge hit to get nothing. That's called tolerance. And then when the neurons actually start to die, that's called addiction. Now, serotonin is the contentment neurotransmitter. It's the one that you're trying to achieve when you use mindfulness meditation, calm, you know, the, the, the app, um, you know, looking out over a you know, beautiful sky with, you know, some water in the background, you know, sort of that, you know, ah, life is good, you know, feeling. Um, serotonin is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It doesn't stimulate the next neuron. It actually puts it to rest. So serotonin doesn't kill the next neuron. So you can't overdose on too much happiness because the receptors don't go down. But there's one thing that downregulates serotonin, dopamine. So the more pleasure you seek, the more unhappy you get. Mm. Then throw yeah. a little stress on top, which is inherent in all of these pitches and advertisements and uh, ways that, you know, things, not just products, but behaviors are marketed to us. And now you have overdose on dopamine, lack of response of, in terms of serotonin, and you've got addiction and depression. And that is what America is suffering from. And we have so data. I think we need to take a big wow pause here because this is huge. This is fascinating, and this goes against everything we've ever been taught. No kidding. Yeah, That's like exactly I'm like, oh, my brain is like, oh my God, right now. So basically, in our search for pleasure, we're decreasing our chance of happiness. Correct. Exactly That's huge. Right. Is everybody hearing that? <laughs> so <laughs> then, so then to, what do we do to improve our chances of being happier? Right. So the goal is not up your dopamine. The goal is up your serotonin. Now, there are many, many things you can buy that will up your dopamine. But dopamine is short-lived, and it makes your serotonin go down. So as it turns out, everything that ups your serotonin, you can't buy. And they're all clinically proven and effective to work, and they're all things your mother told you, <laughs> but you forgot. So I call them the four C's, four, count them. Number one, connect. And that does not mean Facebook. That means 
interpersonal eye-to-eye face-to-face connection. Now, why does that work? What's going on there? What's the science of that? Well, it turns out you have a set of neurons in the back of your head near your occipital cortex called mirror neurons, and people have recorded from them. And what they do is those neurons are reading the facial expressions of the person you're talking to in real time. And learning those emotions that those facial expressions convey, and then you end up adopting those same emotions yourself. Paul Ekman, famous psychologist from UC Berkeley, went to Papua New Guinea. They'd never seen a white person. They had exactly the same facial expressions for the same emotions baked into our DNA because this was how we conveyed before there was language. Okay? So everyone's got it. And everyone's got the same um, you know, portfolio of facial expressions. So when you turn other people's emotion into your own, that has a name. It's called empathy. And empathy is a very specific driver of serotonin. And if you can't perform that function, you are a psychopath. Mm. Think about it. Okay? So connect, and it has to be eye to eye. Digital connection is connectivity, not connection. And actually, what you read on digital media is only dopaminergic and gets people crazy. Number two, contribute. And this has to be outside of yourself. So contributing to your IRA is not contribution. (laughs) This has to be, you know, without uh, personal gain. Okay. Boy Scout badges are dopamine. Okay. Not, uh, you know, sort of habitat for humanity. That's serotonin, if you will. Um, Now, you know, philanthropy, altruism, volunteerism are all methods for being able to give to others, social animal. Um, Most people want to know, hey, can my work count as contribution? And the answer is yes, with two provisos. Number one, you can see how your work helps others. And number two, your boss can see it too. If both of those are satisfied, you can derive uh, contribution uh, through your work. Number three, cope. And that's a big grab bag term, but it actually means three things. Sleep, mindfulness, exercise. So currently, 35% of American adults do not get seven hours of sleep a night, and 23% are clinical insomniacs. And if you don't get enough sleep, your ghrelin, which makes you eat like crazy, your dopamine goes sky high because you're eating all the comfort food, okay? And you're not generating any any serotonin. Number two, um, mindfulness. So the worst, the, the, the most dangerous term in the English language is multitasking. And the reason is because only 2.5% of the population can actually do it. The rest of us are serially unitasking, which you know, showed in fMRI studies. So the bottom line is, everybody has to be able to multitask to get a job today, except nobody can. So all that's doing is raising their stress, their cortisol, knocking out the area of the brain called the prefrontal cortex here in the front, which suppresses that dopamine drive. So everybody goes hog wild and a little crazy uh, by multitasking. And then finally, exercise. Turns out exercise is as good as SSRIs at alleviating depression. And if you combine mindfulness and exercise together, you can reverse depression. And then finally, number four, the big kahuna, cook. And yeah, that's our favorite. That is our favorite. <laughs> I like there, cook. <laughs> there are three things in food that matter. Okay. One is 
tryptophan. Tryptophan is the precursor to serotonin. It is the rarest amino acid in the entire body. And so um, it's hard to get. It's in eggs, chicken, fish, not exactly processed food. Number two, omega-3 fatty acids, also not in processed food, high in marine life and flax. And the reason is because it's anti-inflammatory. There's a, um, an inflammatory haze around the synaptic boutons in the brain, which goes away when you give the animal omega-3s. And then finally, number three, too much sugar, because sugar drives dopamine, lowers serotonin. So what we want is a high tryptophan, high omega-3, low sugar diet. That's called real food. What we currently have is a high sugar, high, low omega-3, low tryptophan diet. That's called processed food. Eat real food. Yeah, I love that. Eat real food. So, Doc, um, this is great information, and it's a lot for people to digest. So where mm -hmm. can our viewers and our listeners find more about you? Sure. So I, I do run a website, robertlustig.com. Uh, you can find pretty much everything there. Uh, I am a, a chief science officer of a nonprofit called Eat Real. We are trying to change the global food supply by praising the good. Uh, and uh, you can also go to UCSF profiles. And uh, my academic uh, uh, literature and career are all delineated there. Okay, thanks so much for coming on. We're really happy that you shared your knowledge with our people. All right, well, thank uh, you so much for having me, Andrea. Okay, so I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Squatty Potty, the little stool that you use with your toilet to help you poop better. Uh, we are all huge fans of Squatty Potty, as are millions of other people out there in the world. So um, uh, go to, you could save 10% off of any of your Squatty Potty purchases by going to squattypotty.com forward slash HVR. And we're sure to take care of you. They'll take care of you as well. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Omar Cumberbatch. He's the founder of Health Coach Academy podcast. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? 
Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. Today we've been talking about anxiety, addiction, and depression, all issues that Andrea, Lisa, and I as health practitioners are seeing in our clients and seeing in the world. It's right up there with weight loss issues in terms of how very common it is. Now I'd like to introduce you to another voice in the world of health and wellness, Omar Cumberbatch. Rhymes with Cabbage Patch. <laughs> Sorry, Omar. <laughs> and I'm curious what Omar has seen in his practice in terms of anxiety and depression. We'll get to that in just a second. Let me tell you a little more about him. Omar is the founder of the Health Coach Academy. He's a professional health coach and radio talk show host who received his training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, so it appears that we have a lot in common. <laughs> For over a decade, he studied hundreds of different nutritional theories, navigating through the world of contradictory dietary and exercise advice. During this time, he experienced firsthand how challenging it was to devise his own dietary plan. Omar was able to confront the struggle by changing his approach to incorporate a holistic lifestyle. He then decided to become a health counselor to fulfill his passion for working with individuals who struggle with similar obstacles and are motivated to change. Omar, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Oh, we're glad you're here. And today we've been talking so much about anxiety and depression and addiction. So I'm curious about your experience. Are clients coming to you who are struggling with these types of issues? It's funny that it always comes up on the back end. So most of my clients always come in with something along the lines of they want help with weight loss and stuff like that. But, for, you know, as we get deeper into their histories, anxiety and depression always seem to come up. So, yes, it's very prevalent in today's society as well as in my clients for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's easier for someone to say, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds than to say, oh, I'm really struggling with anxiety. Oh, totally. And that's one of the things that being a health coach, we usually are able to unearth pretty quickly because, you know, we're easily able to give someone dietary advice. We know what we should eat. And there's always a reason behind why we don't necessarily eat the way that we should. And it's amazing just with the stress that people deal with on a daily basis that the anxiety component of it is just, that's definitely the thing that I've noticed tremendously, especially as of late. So uh, it's definitely a, a, a something at the forefront for sure. So I noticed um, on your website that you are working working with clients to improve their health, and you're also working as a resource for other health coaches. Which one of those is your primary focus? Right now, it's really to profile health coaches to see and have opportunities out there so that they can see that there's a million different types of opportunities because, you know, going to IIN and most certification programs, you come out with a specific uh, way that you could deal and approach with how that you're going to go along with your career. And I love profiling health coaches who do exotic things and just things that we can see and understand that there's many more opportunities besides the one-on-one clients, uh, uh, even group coaching and stuff like that. So I like to profile people in that way so that if you don't see it, it's hard to believe it. So I like to profile people who really are doing different things in the this, this sphere. And that's what I'm really focusing on at this time. Oh, I, I see. So what, uh, what exotic things are you doing in the health sphere? 
Well, for me, um, it is the profiling component. I love having people like yourself and, you know, even when I ran into your co-host, Lisa, just seeing how podcasting and radio have done so much to enhance the health coach sphere. Um, That's my passion, of course. I love connecting with people and I love helping put new and exciting ideas out there. So you're becoming a voice in the health and wellness world. Who are some of your mentors and some of your heroes that have you've looked up to through the years? Oh, this is an easy one. Um, I am the biggest fan of Sean Croxton, who used to do underground <laughs> wellness back in the day. Um, I know Lisa actually <laughs> interviewed him a little while ago, but I just think that that was one of the coolest things that you could do. The, the, the guy reads a book gets the author on the show and asks them all cool questions about the book, about health and what it was just like, I can't believe someone can have an occupation like this and make money. So me either. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal. And like I said, that's who I wanted to be when I grew up. So I'm trying to take in that path and totally absorbed it. Uh, I love to read. I love to engage with other people, especially when it comes to health and wellness. So mentor, uh, hero, Sean Croxton, for sure. Oh, you got a big fan. Big fan over here, <laughs> Sean Croxton. All right. <laughs> and how did you end up in this field yourself, Omar? Were you always involved with health and wellness? Yeah, but I just didn't realize it. Um, I was someone who basically, I can run through a wall. That's basically what I, and I ended up doing. I would just consistently try to follow what the this path that was told to me of the way to lose weight, get in shape. And I just never saw the results that I anticipated following the quote unquote, like proper way of dieting and exercises. Like if I, I used to run five miles a day. And if I did not, um, if I didn't lose any weight, I was like, okay, I just have to run six. So I would just keep on beating myself in the ground and not really understanding that like the simple things and dietary and exercise changes do a world of difference. And it was a breakthrough again, actually referring back to Sean, he had a thing on YouTube about sugar and it, it never clicked with me. I just stopped eating sugar and whatever weight that I wanted to lose just fell off. I mean, people were coming up to me and asking me, if I was sick, because it was just <laughs> that simple change just changed my life. So I just became fascinated how the simple things, um, it's often the stuff that we're not made aware of, are totally the things that actually can improve our health overnight, literally. So that's kind of where I started. Then I went to IIN. I started studying a little bit deeper to get certified as a health coach. And this is where I am now. And I love it. And I love enjoying, I enjoy engaging with all types of people and really helping them get to where they want to be in their health and wellness goals. Yeah, I like simple things as well. I'm just looking. Did you, did you make your bed this morning? No. <laughs> that's a part of my anxiety, you know, like I... Uh, <laughs> I knew you guys were going to pick, listen, not for nothing, between the cabbage patch and me making my bed, I, this is a hostile. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, you know, I just didn't say anything. I'm glad yeah, you got that out of the way. Kind of get me. my just... shoulders a little higher and maybe block that out. Sit up on a phone book next time. Like, you don't see my laundry though, I got some laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Omar, do you live alone? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Well, tell us, what is the next big thing that you are planning with your business? Well, right now, I'm actually going to be co-hosting another 
podcast with Dr. Lori Shemek. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's the author of How to Fight Fat Flammation. She's like a huge weight loss guru. She's unbelievable. So me and her are actually about to start a new podcast co-hosting and I'm really excited about that. That's more to come. So that's my next project. And I'm still, of course, doing the Health Coach Academy profiling uh, amazing people uh, and really excited about that. That's still my passion because I kind of feel like just myself, I, I, I needed some help to to find my career path after my certification. And I'm really excited to help other people uh, do the same. Well, that's very exciting. We uh, we like being on the airwaves with you, putting out good information for the world. We're all in good company here today. Yes, yes. Thank you. Terrific. Appreciate well, can you um, tell our listeners where they can go to find out some more about uh, about the Health Coach Academy and maybe also about your new podcast? Well, the Health Coach Academy is uh, my website. is called the Health Coach Academy and you can find the Health Coach Academy podcast on iTunes and um, all the major uh, platforms for sure. And I'm not going to tell you the whole thing about the other thing because I want to surprise people. And it comes, I can't, I can't. <laughs> the whole thing about the other thing. We you won't tell can't. anyone. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I saw what I was talking about your bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but if you'd have me back when I when it's ready to launch, I'm all for, uh, for sharing the whole thing. And I just want to release it. And you guys could help me out and uh, maybe possibly be on the show because I know that you all for sure know a lot about this topic. So I'll be excited to have anybody on who would like to participate in fat loss journeys. So. Yeah. That's fat loss journeys. That's not so, the name of it, though. <laughs> that would be a great conference, you know, like a, a, a way somewhere, a retreat. Fat, hey, come join on the fat loss journey over in Costa Rica or something like that. Oh, Let's man. Do yeah, it. that would be really nice. I love Costa Rica. <laughs> we'll have some banana PLT. We'll have some squatty potties. We'll be- I, would, I would gain some weight just to go. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Omar, and good luck in your new podcast venture. Uh, uh, Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you again. Take care. Amazing. So it's been a great show. We've had such great guests today, you guys. I've enjoyed both of them. Um, I want to remind all of our listeners, by the way, that we would love your review on iTunes. You can go to healthyviewradio.com slash review and it will take you right to the page you need to go to in order to leave a review. When we get those, it helps us reach a larger audience. And this information will get in front of the right people, like more of the uh, one in four women who are currently on an antidepressant in this country, Mm -hmm. right? So we appreciate your help and helping us get more uh, visibility to reach more people. Thank you in advance. And again, that URL is healthyviewradio.com slash review. So Lisa, Andrea, what do you want our listeners to take away from today's episode? I'm still in that wow moment that Dr. Lustig explained about the difference between pleasure and happiness and how so many people are going about it the wrong way. I mean, this is like groundbreaking huge. I need to read the book and learn more about like the actual dopamine and serotonin, but I'm totally fascinated. Yeah, I was wowed by Lisa's face. Did you see her face when she had that, that little thing? Oh, my God. Pleasure-seeking ruins everything. 
<laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And um, I remember studying meditation years and years ago, and they always talked about, you know, the desire for this will take away your happiness, desires and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's ancient actual information, but he's bringing it in a scientific realm, you know, so that the masses can go, oh, yeah, <laughs> we connect with science. Um, but I, I loved what he said that, um, you know, the things to really bring you happiness, you don't pay for, right? It's connection, empathy, contribute, uh, exercise, and cooking, right? Coping, so you, coping was the, the third C. Co- well, yeah, also I cook. Start with the C. Connect, contribute, cope, and cook. And cope included sleep, meditation, and exercise. Oh, that's right. So it was a it was a third C that was like a double D, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you taking notes over there. Yeah, I'm a note taker. Yeah. It brings me happiness. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> you know, so I like that. And, you know, I, I also like that um, Omar's uh, trying to spread out into the world. And, um, you know, he taught everybody to make their bed today. You know, like, <laughs> you start the day you make your bed. We didn't see his laundry. That was fantastic. <laughs> Omar's never coming back. <laughs> oh, he's got to come back. He's got to come back. That's the way it works. But, you know, I had a question, though. Um, one of the things he said about contribute, you know, is he said, if you notice it and if your boss notices it, and I'm like, well, what if you don't have a boss? What if you're so, your own boss? I was thinking, yeah, then you have to notice it. I want to know. So I think we're contributing, spreading good, healthy work. I think Omar is contributing, helping health coaches find different paths. So I think we're on a good path. Yeah, I think we're contributing. Yeah, for sure. And we can recognize ourselves, right? For anyone who has their own business, or even if you don't, you know, there's a difference between, oh gosh, all the things that went wrong today. Oh, all the things I could be doing better. And hey, I really nailed that one thing. I did a great job. Right? That's how you can appreciate yourself, whether you're your own boss or not. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. you You know, at the end of the day, if you're helping people for the right reasons. You know, you just know inside. And I think that's the key. Nothing feels better than that, right? All yeah. I can think of, guys, is teaching kids this stuff because it's the so-and-so's got an iPad and so-and-so's got this and da-da-da-da-da and take the kids to the bouncy place that costs $30 instead of just like hanging out with the family. And we got a lot to do if we're going to shift this around for the next generation. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And we will be back next week. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, what have we talked about lately? We talked about tapping. We talked about sex. I mean, you guys got to come back um, and check us out next week. You catch all of our old stuff um, on iTunes. Just search for Healthy View Radio, also at healthyviewradio.com. And we are on YouTube. Woohoo! We'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.